Hey everybody, welcome back to The World According to J-Caps. This is me, J-Caps. I am the guy who, who records this podcast. I feel like that music's a little loud, right? Jesus Christ. I said intro music, not drown me out jazz music. So is that, was that um, a funny retort? Let's fade this shit out. Get the fuck out of here. Intro music. So anyways, uh, it's 2022. Believe that, Welcome. Happy New Year. It's 2022. It's actually May. It's actually the last day of May 2022, but Happy New Year. Um, I feel like I don't know if I said that. I've been doing this show for... Tw- this is the 27th episode, I think, which means today is... Um, we're, we're now into the second half of the year. I've, there's 52, hold on a second. Thank you so much. There's 52 weeks in a year and the halfway, if you divide 52 and half, it's 26. And last episode was the 26th episode. Now this means that this is the 27th, you know, episode, which if for, for 27, if you were a rock star, you would kill yourself at 27 to be cool. But this, um, you know, podcast, I don't think it works that way. But it is the 27th episode, and we are into the second half of the year, and I've been doing 27 of these. And I started doing this show because of a like a burnout, or a burnout, or a, maybe you could even call it a mental breakdown. I don't know. If you... Who knows? Who knows what I was going through when I started this podcast, some people, some astute listeners were saying I was going through textbook depression. Um, and I would believe it. Uh, at that time, I used to go to a therapist, but I have since quit my therapy because I was like, you know what? Every time we, every time we talk, I'm just saying like, I feel all right now. I'm fine. And um, am I fine? Probably like not totally, but I'm not as depressed as I was. I'm not as fucking critically a mess like I was, let's say, 27 weeks ago, or even, let's say, in March of 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, but, you know, uh, it's, it's, I'm working now. If I, if you haven't, if you're just tuning into the show and you don't know who I am and you're like, why am I listening to this podcast of somebody I don't know? Uh, let me just really fill you in. Um, my name is Jay Caps, or um, or Jonathan Kaplan, which is actually my full name, my government name, um, or not even my government, but the name my parents gave me. I don't know why. Why do people say government um, when it's the name your parents gave you? Um, unless your parents work for the government, I'm not sure how it works. But in any case, um, yes, my but. My, but I go I go by J Caps, and the reason I go by J Caps is because I have made a web series called Grading Animals with J Caps, and that was my name in it. So I started this podcast to um, um to like have another thing going on, and I used the same name. But where was I? Um, I was saying. Oh, I was just saying this, this is the 27th episode, and so I've I've done like 27 of these, and um, it's fun. You know, I think that I've, you know, today is the last day of May, and um, it's going to be some, it feels like summer. On the East Coast, it's hot as fuck. Last few days have been super hot. I was in um, upstate New York for a little vacation. And while I was there, uh, I saved a turtle from getting smushed in the street. It was a snapping turtle. It was a big-ass snapping turtle. I'm going to say that it was a solid 20 pounds. Um, it was pretty heavy. And it was big, too. It was probably maybe, I, I would say, like 15 inches long from snout to tail. It was a big snapping turtle. And it was right there in the lane of traffic that you would um, be like driving in when you're driving. You know how when you're driving, you're driving in a lane of traffic? Have you ever been 
Have you ever experienced driving and you pull out into the street and you find yourself in a lane of traffic, right? And some roads are multiple lanes, like a lane that's closer to the sidewalk and then a lane that's farther away from the sidewalk. And then it'll have two yellow lines and then a lane going the opposite direction farther from the sidewalk and then another lane that's closer to the sidewalk and then a sidewalk. But in the lane in question that I was driving on, there was no sidewalk and there was just one lane and then there was two yellow lines and then a lane and then no sidewalk also because it was upstate New York. And even though we live in a futuristic technological society, there's a lot of parts of upstate New York that are just, you know, almost like second growth forest farmland ass, where where the fuck this is a place lost to time, or a place like in the book Babbitt by Upton Sinclair. Is that who wrote the book? I think so. No. Sinclair Lewis? I don't know. The whoever wrote Babbitt. Um I bring up Babbitt because Babbitt is a book that takes place in an America where all the little towns that are now decaying had some promise of, um, I don't know, upcom- like the promise of uh, a positive future. Uh, it takes place in a fictional city called Zenith. And in it, the guy, the main guy, Babbitt, He's going around to all the different little cities like, like imagine like upstate New York, how there's like Utica and um, Plattsburgh and all these little towns that all have sort of like um, Americana style, like federal little districts and like, um, anyways, in the book, which which is written in the 20s, like early 20s, um, there's like this idea that like all these towns are going to like blossom and there's going to be this future. There's going to be like all the towns are going to compete against each other with their economies and um, they're all going to be like hubs of invention and like there's just a lot of promise. And ultimately that didn't happen. Um, You know, the only promise for upstate cities and... um, you know, your general cities across the country often is like, um, you know, hipsters moving there when they age out of the main city in their own, in the, in the state they live on. So like, for instance, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn scumbag douchebag, um, you know, like, um, upper class twits, they often like, um, you know, I would say drain the last of their, parents' money into, like, a house uh, upstate, and then they, like, you know, hang around Hudson. That's the kind of thing that happens um, now. But, like, not like in the book Babbitt, where the in earnest, the cities were going to be doing good on their own merit, not because of, like, a... Uh, not because of, like, um, like, an urban reclamation of, like, a, you know, city or something like that. Um... In any case, uh, yes, I was upstate, and I was I was I was explaining about that I was saving a turtle, which is more important than my uh, attitudes about um, my what was I talking about? The uh, by the way, I I had paused. I just paused the tape to tell somebody don't fucking call me right now because it comes up on my iPad screen. And um, I didn't know how to get out of that situation. But what was I saying? I, I saved a turtle. Okay, so there I was in a lane of traffic. And um, there the turtle was, all 17 inches of him, a snapping turtle. And I went, I got out of the car. I was like, I'm not going to allow this. First of all, I'm not going to, for one thing, I'm not going to drive over the snapping turtle and just... Ba-dum, 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 and just fucking destroy him, right? Like that. Like that's not what I'm gonna do. Not me. Not grading animals with J caps, trying to fucking put one on the scoreboard for humans and take out a snapping turtle. Um, that's not right. That's not what I would do. I hope you guys didn't think that that's what I would do, because I certainly didn't do that. I instead saved 
the turtle from that fate. I hope. I mean, I hope the turtle's not stupid enough to, like, I literally take him across the street and then he doubles back and goes across the street backwards for no reason. If the turtle did that, then fuck him. He actually deserves to die because it's like, you know, what what the hell was the point of it? Anyway, let me not get ahead of myself because I'm telling you this great story. Um, so there I was in the lane of traffic and I decide to not pull over but just stop in the middle of the road. That's a cool idea, right? And I decided to put my hazard blinkers on. And then I got out and I assessed this turtle who was slowly crossing the road. And then um, I was like, how the fuck am I going to do this? And then I remembered that I could pick the turtle up and move it across the street. But the problem was, the turtle was covered in mud, and that's gross. And I don't want to touch mud with my bare hands. Also, um, I didn't want to get, I'm not trying to get a, a skin parasite like famous TikTok animal guy, Jake PNW. Do you guys know about Jake PNW? Um, he's often seen on a TikTok video, eating some debris off of the beach, literally putting like a piece of seaweed with like a jellyfish in his mouth. And then he pretends to hear an animal. And then he like, um, you know, exaggeratedly runs out and he pulls a parasite off of like uh, a shellfish and throws the shellfish back in the water. I don't know what the fuck that does. But in any case, that kid also likes to touch with his bare hands all types of stuff. And what happened was he ended up touching barnacles on the beach. And then like a year later, he had a parasite living in his face, which he had to get cut out of his face. And I'd wager that he probably has a bunch of other parasites living in his body from his reckless ways that will probably be the death of him. Um, and that's why I say don't go touching animals like barehandedly for uh, hearts on on the internet. If you do something for hearts on the internet, maybe what you should do is um, construct uh, you know these sort of tone poem story comedies, that you deliver directly to camera in front of a green screen about animals. That would be a safer alternative. But in any case, I was thinking about Jake Pacific Northwest, or aka Jake PNW, when I was standing in front of my stopped car parked in, in the lane of traffic that could literally have been, um, somebody could have come driving around and hit my car and then hit my car and it would, you know, like a like a pool ball hit into me, killing me and the turtle. But that's just a stupid risk that I was willing to take. Um so I was standing right in front of my parked car in the road in the lane of traffic, and I decided that I would in order to not touch the turtle with my bare hands, I would get napkins I have a surplus of napkins in my car from the bagel store that I go to every morning. Every morning before work, I go to a bagel store and they give me napkins and I'm just I'm just lousy with napkins. I have tons and tons of napkins now in my car. So, I uh I got some of those napkins and I put them on my hands and then I tried to grab this turtle, but the turtle was like, "Hey, Every time I tried to grab the turtle, he flicked his head up and like flicked his legs and was like, hey, stop fucking with me. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this fucking turtle. Chill out, dude. Every time I got near him, I think because I was coming up around his ass and he thought that I was going to do some funny business, which I was not. That could nothing could be further from my mind. I don't want to do any funny business with a snapping turtle. I was thinking, though, 
if I was Coyote Peterson, that I would have taken my nutsack out right now and dangled it in front of his face so that I could get a snapping turtle to bite me on the nuts. Just like, just like Coyote Peterson would do. Because Coyote Peterson loves to have wild animals bite him because he's an uncreative dickhead. Um, but he's, you know, I mean, I guess that type of jackass stunts make you famous in this, um, you know, uh, lobotomized world we live in. So, you know, maybe I'm the dickhead. So anyway, yes. So I was like thinking about that, but I was not going to do that, especially because the turtle was like, hey, he was so mad every time I tried to get near him. And like, I was like, dude, what the fuck? I'm trying to help you, dude. And um, so. Uh, I realized that, like, as much as he protested, as much as this turtle protested, the construction of his body um, made it impossible for him to, to turn around fast and bite me. So I, I put the napkins around his side and made sure to stay away from his very sharp, dragon-like claws. Then... Um, I picked him up, and he was heavy, dude. He's real heavy for a turtle, for a snapping turtle, of which I have no um, prior experience of holding them. So then I picked him up, and he's scrambling. He's like, hey, get off of me! Stop it! He's very upset. And then he was scratching and trying to fucking flick around, and he was really torquing his body back and forth. Thank thank God that a turtle is constructed essentially like a rock with arms and legs that they can't really... Because if it was a snake, who knows what would have happened. If it were a bunch of kittens, I don't know if I was would have been able to do this. I would have probably just stopped the car, same as I did, and then just went, shoo, shoo, cats, and then they would have hopefully run into the forest. Or run onto the embankment. So anyway, I picked the turtle up. And then I went across the street with the turtle. And then I kind of just had to like throw it on the grass. Because it's like this little guy was scratching. as, And his claws were sharp, dude. Every one of his claws on his hand. If you want to just Google. Just Google large snapping turtle and look at his claws and like that's what I had to deal with I was so I was so afraid you know these napkins that I was using you know I was afraid I was gonna get a skin parasite from the napkins who knows what type of lethal venom that I would have gotten from those razor sharp needle-like claws they were both needle-like and razor sharp so anyways I threw the turtle back into the other side of the turtle, uh, other side of the, the street, no, like on the outside, because there was no sidewalks, as I mentioned. It's like, look back, and the turtle has turned around and is snapping at me now. He's, as soon as I put him down, he was like, he was like, hey, get over here. And I was like, no, dude, because when I came back, I was like, the, the napkins were now stuck to his muddy shell. And I was like, is this bad for him that he has napkins on his shell? And um, I was like, maybe I'll go and take those napkins off of him. But thing about it was I tried to get near him, but now he was facing me. So now he's got napkins on his shell. And, um, and I was like, I'm not going to get near you, dude. You, you like made such a stink of me trying to help you at all. I was just like, yo, if you just walk around, the napkins will fall off. Like, you'll figure it out. And then I just um, I just kept going. I just was like, we, you know, um, my vac- the, I took my, my vacation with my girlfriend, and I, I gave her the phone to, I was like, here, I'm, I got to do this, but take, a, take some pictures. And um, I don't know. She claims that I did not say that and said to take a video, which she also did not take clearly. So I had to, 
you know, not that I wanted to do, not that, not that I tried to save a turtle for the gram, but I was like, you know, I am a guy who uh, has an animal show, so might be cool. But in any case, the the footage was not usable. It was just all like crooked and like it turned off and turned on. It wasn't a very listen. I'm not. I'm not saying a negative. I'm not disparaging my girlfriend's help with this, but you know, because again, my my whole purpose was to save that turtle, to save that turtle from getting runned over by myself or a car of you know another car like a perhaps a truck i would say probably a truck would really have smushed the shit out of him i mean but thankfully that didn't happen and um i think we're all better for it so that uh is my tale about the uh and actually believe it or not that story was um a request by friend of the show um Richie Rich 4288 who I know you know we could probably change this whole show from the world according to Jcaps to um conversations via Instagram question box with Richie Rich 4288 because Richie Rich 4288 one of the people who really really uh tells me suggestions for this podcast and and for that I have to hit a button on my iPad of a, an applause because I appreciate it. So anyway, we had a bunch of uh, suggestions from Richie Rich, and um, I'm going to answer a few of them. So next question from him says, do I like marshmallows? And the answer is, no, I don't. I don't like marshmallows. I don't really like any sweets. I'll be honest. I'll have ice cream once in a while. What What are you going to say? Humans are predisposed to like sweet things. So it's not like I'm eating ice cream and I'm like gagging. Of course, it's pretty good. But, um, you know, it's not my favorite thing to have. I don't really like go out of my way to into like... To have sweets, um, marshmallows—they kind of freak me out. I'm like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Um, it—the texture of it's weird. It's like on the outside, it's mushy but dry, but then on the inside, there's like a little bit of like sandpapery grit to the inside of a marshmallow. It's very unsettling. I'm very unsettled by the texture of a marshmallow between my teeth. And like even thinking of it is getting me um, unsettled. I don't like feeling unsettled, especially on the podcast. So once again, Richie Rich 4288, I do not like marshmallows. Now Richie Rich 4288 also asks, do I have any collectibles? And I think this would be a good time to let you in on some of my collectibles. I don't really have a lot of collectibles. I'm not a collectibles guy, but I do have a few things that upon reading this question by Richie Rich 4288, I realize I think I have started a collection. Okay. So there's a company called Anatomy Tools. As you guys know, we may or may not know to new people listening to the show, I um I do art stuff. I teach art. Um I also have been employed most of my life as some type of commercial artist and I went to art school. That's the trifecta of um of a guy who does art having gone to art school, having worked in some type of commercial art for a long time and also teaching art. So those are the three things. And I think that's like baseline criteria for if you're worried about are are you an artist or not, then if you do those three things, then probably you're an artist. Um, and it's okay. You're going to struggle with your own um, validation as an artist forever. But 
you know, you could also hear the three things that you can do um, to not uh, stay up all night worrying whether you're ever going to be good enough. Um, you could always um, teach art to people who are young and have not and don't know it. And then you'll be you'll be like, um, you know, a conduit for this uh, this path toward for them. Uh, then you could also uh, study art, continue to study art, um, you know, in your humble pursuit, whether that be at like a going to a life drawing class or like going to some other thing or taking an online course. But as long as you, you know, in earnest, I think, um, keep climbing the ladder of your craft, I think that that's really um, valid, you know, for, to, to like... Uh, feel like you're participating in the great in the great game of art, and then um, the other one's a little hard because working in commercial art can be super draining, and um, you know if you can, you know it's like super competitive and shit. And I, um, you know, I I guess I'm grateful for um, for the people who helped me along the way when I was working in commercial art, and not like it was so great because every minute that I was there, I was always thinking, but what about being a, a real, real artist? But in any case, um, so I, I, that whole, I said all of that because I'm so insecure about whether or not I'm an artist that I couldn't just tell you that I have been collecting, um, sculptures. Uh, I have, I have a collection of, uh, so there's a company called anatomytools.com and they have replicas of skeletons that I have a few of. I have a few skeletons um, and écorché. I have a I have a, a one-sixth uh, skeleton and um, ligament uh, skeleton, uh, which is um, by Anatomy Tools. Then I have also have a, a female écorché, and I also have a wolf écorché by Anatomy Tools. They're very cool. They're they're like perfectly sculpted by this guy Andrew Course, C A W R S E, and he's like master sculptor. Um, and then, just recently, I got two other sculptures by this. And I'm just gonna look at the box because, you know, I'm. I want to make sure I get the name right because it's very cool. Hold on a second. So there's a company called Veronese Design. And if you look Veronese Design on um, on Amazon, you'll see it. But also, okay, so Veronese Design is, they make very beautiful, ornate replicas and new sculptures of... Various, um, his, like, for instance, like Greek and Roman. Okay, so are, is everybody familiar with Michelangelo's Pieta, uh, the famous sculpture of, um, I guess, Madonna holding uh, Jesus? Like, it's M Michelangelo sculpted this, this thing called the Pieta. I don't know. I'm not like religious. I don't I'm not like Christian or I don't Catholic. I don't I don't even know what the fuck it's from. I just know Michelangelo. Um but I know the sculpture rocks, right? So the Michelangelo's Pieta um is dope. It's fucking incredible. And this one company uh, I'm not sure if it's Veronese Design who did it, but they made like a very nice replica of it. Now I didn't buy it, but like I was looking for it. And then I found this company, Veronese Design, and they make a very beautiful Fortuna, the goddess of um, of fortune, uh, and they make a very beautiful Aphrodite. And I bought both of these little sculptures. They're about like a foot tall um, for my drawing class uh, so that I could kind of like have like a, um, like a mini atelier. Um, but also they're just really nice sculptures. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could see myself getting into, um, collecting these sculptures. Um, so Richie Rich 4288, I'm going to say 
that do I have any collectibles? I'm going to say I've, I've been collecting these sculptures from Anatomy Tools and now from this company called Veronese Design. And I, I think that I would definitely buy the Pieta because that's pretty cool. Um, and that question, if I have any collectibles, leads into Richie Rich's next question. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, which um, I made the mistake of looking at my analytics, and I, I think that most people are not listening to this podcast, which is fine. Um, but if you listen to this podcast, please... Um, Suggest something whenever if you're I mean this is tough actually let me just fucking figure this shit out right now all right I've been bugging out because I don't really have a conduit to ask the audience for suggestions for like in order for people to to suggest something I have to think that they're gonna listen to the podcast as well as hopefully catch the Instagram story when I put up. That I want to uh, add, that that I want them to suggest stuff, and it's like that's a stupid system. It's my fault. I gotta fix that system. It's a dumb system. I fucked the system up. This is a bad system. So anyway, uh, yes. I if you if you want to suggest something to the show, um, what could we do? How could I? Um, I guess uh, email jcaps.tv at gmail.com that's the official jkaps.tv at gmail.com and just put in the subject suggestion and then just basically write anything because all I want is suggestions of shit to talk about on this podcast um, which is now in its first year happy new year but also in the second half of the year, episode 27. And Richie Rich 4288 asks, do I feel better now that I've been working and went to LA? Which is a good question. So if you know from a few episodes ago, Hollywood Caps, I went to LA for the Sterable Festival and, um, you know, it was like a real big event for me because I was like, oh my goodness, the the... I'm going to meet with industry representatives and and I'm going to do this thing from the for the show I made and it was like a dichotomy because I was also depressed and burned out from my show as well. Um yeah, and now we're a month it's over a month since and plus I've been working. I have a day job where I teach emotionally disturbed children art. And children I mean um teenagers, but they're definitely emotionally disturbed. I mean, emotionally disturbed is their official classification. You you would think emotionally disturbed is just a funny, um, like funny adjectives to like say about teenagers, but emotionally disturbed is actually the accurate description of what their condition is. Um, and that's my day job. I teach art to them. Sometimes I think I'm not really uh, the best person to do that. But nonetheless, I, that's the job I have. And um, they hired me for next year. So I guess I'm doing something right. Um, and there's two things. So like I went to LA and uh, I have a job. And how am I feeling now? Because like I said before, Richie Rich asked this question, um, I was depressed this year, like very, very depressed. Um, and is depression real? Is emotional disturbance real? I don't know. I don't know what any of these things are. But um, I'm going to say that I was like not feeling uh, in the flow of creativity. Um, so to not like drag the question out, Richie Rich, um, I feel like I'm in a in a new paradigm of my own life that I don't understand the context of. Like, for instance, I work a lot. So I work, you know, I get up at like six and I go, you know, I do my day, my school day. And then I teach at another school across the island where I just straight up teaching art. Uh, so like Monday through 
Wednesday. Like I do 12, I do like 12, 13 hour days. And then the rest of the week, like I'm exhausted, you know, um, you know, obviously cause I'm still at school. And the weird thing is, is that I've been taking my work home with me mentally. Like the thing about the emotionally disturbed kids is that, you know, I have, um, I have my ability to like impart technical, technical things about drawing and about painting and about composition and even about, um, generating ideas because like I have made lots of video content and I've made, you know, mares and caps and all this different stuff that I've made. So like, I know how to like get an idea off the ground and I am sort of obsessed with that type of thing. Um, but the kids that I teach are, you know, thwarted by their condition and they're like, you know, they have problems and they're not able to, they're not able to like just, you know, take what I can offer and run with it. Um, the, the school I teach afterwards, they can, but this, this, the day school, they're not like that. And, um, what happens is because of that, like, I, like, it's like that, that becomes like a challenge. I'm like, how could I, what could I do to reach them? Or what could I modify in my approach to like, to do better? Because sometimes I'll try to show something and it will horribly fail. Like, um, you know, I have all these different, uh, things that I, you know, for instance, like for instance, um, in drawing, there's a thing, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, 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 an approach, uh, that, that's called, um, like, I think it's called site size, but I know it from the Barg system. So if anybody is a real JCAPS head, they'll know my old web series, Killing It. Um, and in that web series, like I draw, I was, I'm like drawing in it. Like the, the character of Caps is drawing and he's always drawing, um, Barg plates. Like, so that, uh, is a, is a style of drawing where you're really trying to see the shapes of the things that you're seeing and then putting the sort of lines of the shapes, like the out, like the, um, like, let's say wherever you are right now, look at an object. It could be a car. It could be your phone. It could be um, a window. It could be a table. Look at an object. And then in your mind, try to imagine a line, a straight line that encompasses every edge of it. So just sort of cut the shape out of your field of vision. Now, if you're looking at like a car, it it's obviously not going to be like rectangular. If you're looking at it diagonally, it'll be some weird like diagonal, like rhomboid shape, right? Whatever you're looking at, it, if you were to just imagine in straight lines, not like tracing it, but just like up one edge to the next point, to the next point, almost like if you were in Photoshop and you were going to take the marquee tool and you were going to go around the edge, but you were not going to follow every single contour. You're just like, let me draw a big envelope around this whole thing. Um, that's like the, the, and then what basically that's the Barg system, but then you just keep whatever you get right in your initial envelope, you keep subdividing the shapes until you have like an accurate contour and then you subdivide the shadows. Now, if you're confused, imagine if you were an emotionally disturbed teen and then you would be really confused. But the thing is, is that I only know how to, I only know the things that I know. And so then it's like, I'll just fail and then I'll go home and I'll be obsessed with like, how do I, how do I like um, ninja my way into a into a kid's head so that I can clear 
the barriers of my own thing I'm trying to show and then also make it so that their half-assed teenage approach um, multiplied by the emotional disturbance that makes learning even harder. And then, like, so now you know that, like, that's, like, kind of, like, so it's weird because this vacation I had, I had a little trouble, like, winding down because the crazy thing is that, like, I will... Like these th- these thoughts like will cycle inside of my head, and like, like I'll be like kind of like thinking about it all. Like even in my sleep, I'll be like, I'm, I'm like, and it's not nothing gets solved. I'm just being like the frustration of not being able to solve something just cycles perpetually. So that sucks. But you know it's. I would say that like having a day job is good because like, I'm not worried about money. You know, like I said, I bought these two sculptures and they were $70 each. So I'm balling, you know? Um, and, uh, I was able to take a little vacation. So that was kind of nice. So, I mean, these are the ups and downs of like, you know, feast or famine. They say, they say life as an artist is feast or famine. Um, and as far as going to LA, like, I don't know. I mean, I'll say this. I said, I think last episode that I was excited and I think I'm going to start doing some new episodes of grading animals on the summer break. Um, but also, you know, come to think of it. Uh, I feel like I'm in such a different place than like you know, the pandemic or like before the pandemic um, when I was doing grading animals and like I really had like this upswing feeling like um, I'm going to, it's going to be like an agent of change in my life. And I think it's weird because like I think that somehow um, I got a little bit broken by it. I don't know. I think maybe just the, just the grind of, of everything um, I don't feel like, I don't know. I'm like, I have a lot of anxiety about it. So, um, I also feel like the, like the next, like creative expression that I do, I want to make sure that it's like vital of like where, where I'm at now. And I still want to have like the, um, the tenacity of the way a grading animals was where it's like, I'm like obsessive of when in the things that I make, they have like, like my own obsessive quality and I don't want to lose that. But I also feel like I've always like, it's hovered around me. Like did, did I hide behind animals? I mean, I love, I love nature, but did like I hide my, personality behind just like the irreverence who fucking knows but anyway um that's where i'm at with that's where i'm at with the, that those things and so i do i feel better now that i'm working and went to la the answer is yes uh and we are at 44 44 minutes almost so i gotta really think am i really gonna get to all these questions um Richie, Rich, I'm going to move past the next few of your questions. I want to get to some other questions. Um, actually, I'll I'll answer one last question of yours. You ask, Richie, Rich asks, Caps, when will I interview porn stars on the podcast? It's a great question. You know, I have not thought about when I'm going to start interviewing porn stars, but I don't really know any porn stars. Um. And I don't know that our platform, my platform is like, you know, I feel like it's really like, hey, what's in it for me? If you if you if you invite somebody on a podcast, they probably would be like, hey, what's in it for me? You know, who wants to just spend an hour with some nobody, right? So, guests in general, I should start having guests. And you know, who knows? Maybe 
Maybe some of those guests will be porn stars, Richie Rich. Who's who's to know? So let's con- let's continue. Um, East forty nine, friend of the show, ex Patreon. Oh, by the way, um, really sorry if you guys are part of the Patreon and are like, hey, where's the where's all this extra content? Uh, I know I've been slack with my um, with my second podcast episode, which I I've like last month I think I only recorded two of them, and usually I do an, one extra a week. But it's this damn schedule that I have, and um, it is my fault. And uh, so just to, just so if you are um, part of the Patreon and you are um, mad about that, then. Um, let me know. But you know, the weird thing about having the Patreon is that like I feel like I don't have like much communication. People who are on there, like I'm always like, here's an episode, and I never get any feedback on it. Um, and then I'm just like, I guess everything is cool. But anyway, East 49 used to be on the Patreon, and he asks, but he's still a, a friend of the show. Um, but he goes, What do I think about aliens? And are they animals? Well, um, let's really figure this out. Um, wait a minute. I did have something that I wanted to... Damn it, dude. Hold on a second. Oh, so you say, you say uh, aliens? Well, how about... Fucking A, dude. I'm trying to fucking put this thing on and make it seamless. Aliens, you say, huh? Aliens, well, what about, damn it, hold on a second, damn it, aliens you say? Damn it, not not that sound effect. Aliens you say, hold on, what's your question? Um, East 49, what do I think about aliens? Aliens you say? What do I think about aliens? And are they animals? Well... Aliens, the final animal frontier. Are aliens made of carbon like everything else on Earth, or are they made of a different element that has yet to be discovered? But probably they're made of carbon because they have, like, proteins that make up their physical state. Unless aliens are actually made of gases like planets and shit. So again, like, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know aliens. So the thing about aliens is, do I believe in them? Well, of course I believe in aliens. I think aliens are definitely out there. And, um, you know, are they green men? Pro- probably. Are they also gray men? Probably. They're probably, why? But the, my question is that, how come we've never seen uh, green women? right? Or gray women, right? Do alien, like, do alien women, and I'm talking about the, you know, the ones that look like their head is a guitar pick sized, like gigantic oval shaped, right? Do they have mammary glands? Or are they because if they have mammary glands, then you'd see some boobs, right? Because boobs are happen to be mammary glands, right? And if that were the case, then are their hips proportionately bigger and tilted at a at an angle like female hips occur in humans, right? So this is the question because as far as I can as far as I can see in all of the um, scientific records of TV shows that have had those aliens in them. It seems like only men work on the alien spacecraft, which is in this day and age what you would call like the patriarchy, right? Because that's it's important to point out the patriarchy, um, you know, in th- in especially like a like a TV show situation. Like there really should be more diversity of aliens working at the um, at the spaceship, right? Because, you know, it's only little green and gray, which is good. I, I like that there's some diversity of color. There's green aliens and gray aliens, 
And are the gray aliens, who is the, are the gray aliens like the white people or are the green aliens the white people? Now we're getting into generic type of um, the context that the rest of the world operates on, which is just like, can we still like, can we push this, um, can we push this line of thought into every aspect of our lives? Uh, But, you know, it was a good go-to. Right for the for the uh, aliens, but my thing is let's see some, let's see some like uh, aliens with boobs, and and or a big fat ass, right? And are all aliens bald? That's another question that I don't know about. What if the only aliens that ever take humans onto their spaceship and then anally probe them? are old men aliens who are all bald, right? That's another that's another concept. So the the answer to your question is that's what I think about aliens. And are they animals? Well, I don't know. I guess they are animals in the same way that humans are animals. My my thing is that I think aliens are related to humans because they're not cool like animals. Animals are a lot cooler than humans. Even though humans are animals, animals um, live in a state of... They're, li- they li- they're in the moment. Animals are in the moment. Um, not all animals. Like, some animals are not in the moment. Like, for instance, a crocodile who has just gotten out to, like, bask in the sun um, and, like, his metabolism is super slow... So he like is not even registering anything going on because the sun has to charge him up like a fucking iPad. That alligator is not in the moment. Also, like um uh, a caterpillar that's just getting that's like in a chrysalis. That that animal's not in the moment too. But most animals are in the moment. Like that turtle that was crossing the street and I tried to go pick him up and he was like, "Hey, hey, get the fuck off of me!" That turtle was in the moment. Aliens are not in the moment like that. Humans are not in the moment either. They're preoccupied with their stupid bullshit of their lives. But, um, and that's the difference between animals and aliens. So I do think about aliens, but are they animals? No. But they are actually related to humans, so they actually are animals. So anyways... The next question comes from I Like Mayonnaise, who says, Gilmore Girls. Now, for, the, uh, for those who don't know, Gilmore Girls was a TV show that was on like 20 years ago. And it was about a girl named Rory Gilmore, who was, she was a girl who was being raised by a single mom. And I forget the, the mom's name. And the mom happened to be raised by not a single mom, mother and father in the situation. Um, the mother and father in that show were rich. They were like rich Connecticut snobs. And then Rory, no, no, no. The mom was, uh, was like just a cool gal, you know? And then, and then Rory was a precocious teen who, um, who, you know, the crazy thing is that show, You, I really thought that that girl who played Rory Gilmore was going to really go on to great big things, but she never, like, parlayed her fast-talking, precocious teen into, like, you know, a life of um, of being a big star, which is kind of depressing, I think, a little bit. Also, the woman who played the mom... So I remember watching the Gilmore Girls uh, with my sister, me and my sister, best friends since she was born. Uh, my sister's younger than me, but total best friends. And we shared, like she's seven years younger than me, but like we shared like the stuff that she was into, I was into, and the stuff that I was into, she was into. So she was into Gilmore Girls, but then I was also into Gilmore Girls. And it was a good show. Um, it was about fast talking gals. There's a if there was a cornerstone of Gilmore Girls, it was about gals who talked fast, and um, you know, 
But um, I remember when I was like maybe 18, 19, when I was watching um, the Gilmore Girls, I would be like, that Rory Gilmore, she's cute. I was like, maybe I would even say, I would even consider myself having a crush on Rory Gilmore. But then I've I've seen the show recently and I'm just like, who cares about Rory Gilmore? How about the mom Gilmore? And then I was like, Auga! I was like, I was like a wolf. I, I literally turned into a wolf and my eyes turned into hearts. And, and then my heart actually busted out of my rib cage. And like, and then I was like howling at um the TV screen. Because I was like, man, I, I like really didn't realize that the mom was actually the hot one and Rory was the kid. Anyway, that's what happens. You know, your perspectives change over time. That's what the real message is. Like 20 years ago, you might think that the like you'll watch a show that's like made for for teen girls and you might think that the girl the Gilmore girl is cute but then 20 years go by and you're like man the mom is way hotter than the girl you know especially because like you're older and you're like you know like it's like <laughs> You know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, you, you, your frame of reference of what you think is hot changes. So anyways, um, I also think about uh, that, like, one time on that show, The Gilmore Girls, Joe Pernice of the Pernice Brothers, he did what was called, a, like, a walk-on. And um, I always thought that was pretty cool because Joe Pernice was a, a pretty indie musician, and uh, I li- I liked him. I liked his music a lot. The Pernice Brothers were one of my favorite bands, and they were not famous by any stretch of the imagination. But then they got to do a... Um, he got to play live on the show. And it was one of those things that reminds me of a thing that Thurston Moore of the band Sonic Youth, but also the guy named Thurston Moore of the band Sonic Youth sounds like the kind of rich, snooty, Connecticut asshole that might be friends with um, Mama Gilmore's parents, Thurston Moore, a real snobby name for a guy who's an indie rocker, which, you know, also makes you think of like, does indie culture have always been in bed with like rich, snooty assholes? It's possible, you know? I mean, it's like, Everybody wants to claim indie status, but the only people who are getting their movies made are people who have connections with wealthy people to finance cool shit. And that like goes across the board for almost every creative thing. Like people who have connections with people who have money are the ones who get their shit made. And all of us rabble on the on the ground, we can only like keep hoping to be plucked from obscurity. Um and whatever. But in any case, Thurston Moore once said, he said that once in a while, the mainstream looks toward, looks at the alternative culture and appreciates it for what it is rather than what it could be. Meaning that like sometimes in culture, the regular people can like see the otherness of the alternative culture and be like, hey, that's cool. And I always thought that was kind of what happened when Joe Pernice got to do a small walk-on role in the show The Gilmore Girls. And that was pretty cool. So now we're going to go to a few other suggestions. And these suggestions will be by friend of the show, Matata. And he asks, um, lemon flavor baked goods. And I'm going to say, if it's sweet, I'm not into it. But often lemon lemon flavor doesn't, it's like lemon flavor in bread is weird. Lemon flavor in cookie could be okay. But you know what? It's not my thing. Actually, I'll just tell you guys a little secret. 
for those who have stuck with the show throughout this one hour, here's the here's the real secret: is that for caps, it's all about blueberry. Blueberry is one of my fla- favorite things of all time, and I'll take blueberry whether it be in straight blueberries. I'll eat the blueberries, or if it's blueberries made into a bread type thing, like a baked good. Or a juice. I'll also take blueberry juice. I'll also take a blueberry smoothie. I'll also take blueberry ice cream. I've never think I've ever found it, but I, th- I would take it. Um, basically anything that's made of blueberry, I will enjoy. So just know that I will enjoy blueberry, especially. And if there's a lemon flavor baked good that has blueberry flavor as well, well, you know what though. I'll say yes to it. And Matata also says mojitos. And I say, if they have blueberry mojitos, I will also try it. But the truth is, is that I'm not really a big alcohol guy either. Not because I'm a straight edge. I'm definitely not. But I'm just not into um, getting totally drunk. I just can't do it, man. Um, If I get drunk, like I kind of am out for the rest of the week. And um, I don't have, like, the strength to do it. I've tried to be a drunk guy. Like, many different times in my life, I'm like, you know what I'm going to get into? Alcohol. I'm just going to start drinking all the time. And, like, I make it, like, two days in. I'll be like, I'm going to just become a drunk. And I'll just, I will go and buy lots of alcohol, and I'll just try to drink all the time. And, like, two days in, I'm just like, I can't do this. I'm not made for being an alcoholic. And then I just quit cold turkey for a long time. Uh, one time I saw a show called The Imbible. It was a play, and it was about drinking. It was about how cool drinking is and how it was like it's a part of our society. And I was like, this is the coolest show I ever saw. I'm going to start drinking all the time. But the problem was is that like fucking, yo, I get so wrecked off of like a gin and tonic and it's like, I'm just not, I wish I was made for it, I, you know, but maybe not. I think al- actually alcohol could be a big problem for people. So maybe it's better that I'm not able to do that. I guess I also don't have an addictive bone. When I check my bones, I'm not, I don't have an addictive one. So I guess, lucky me. Um, so Matata also asks, why the fuck does his new cat make raccoon noises. So apparently, Matata, friend of the show, also a member of the Patreon who's not complaining about my lack of uh, bonus content um, for now, uh, he asks why his cat is making raccoon noises. Now, all of us know that cats, if you're going to, if you have a cat, a lot of times they sound like this. Right? That's like what all cats sound like. But his cat has more of like a raccoon sound. Like that. So what could be the problem? So Matata, if you have, if your cat sounds like a raccoon, like this, then I'm going to say that probably there's something, there's something stuck in his uh, oral cavity. A lot of times when cats don't sound like a like a cat, like that, it's because their oral cavity, also known as their mouth, has something inside of it that's causing the uh, the the voice to come out all screwed up like this. See, that's like what a raccoon sounds like. On the other hand, your cat might be part raccoon. Have you ever thought of that? Did you get it from a dealer? Did you go to a cat dealer? You go to one of these cat dealers who and and they're not trustworthy, you know? Occasionally, you know, these there's no licenses for dealing cats. Or maybe there is, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna say that there's not. And you might have a cat that has like raccoon-like tendencies or something like that. In any case, um, I would check its oral cavity, and if that doesn't work. Try, um, see if you can find the dealer. If you still have the dealer's number and say, 
can I have a little bit of information on my cat? Like, did you get it from a, was it a little kitten or did you get it from up into a tree? Or was it rooting around in a garbage dump? Because then you'll find out that your cat may be a raccoon. Well, anybody, guys, well, everybody, it really has been a real great show. And I'm so glad you stuck with the show. And here we are on the other side of half a year. And um, it's great. It really is great. You know, we're really doing this thing. And uh, I just want to say I appreciate everybody. And if you, again, if you have suggestions for me to, um, for me to talk about, then I recommend emailing jcaps.tv at gmail.com because I will use your suggestions as something to ramble about on this very podcast. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week.